Welcome to Vantage Point, a weekly podcast aimed to provide insight, perspective, and keys to daily living through the lens of God. We are so pleased you decided to tune in, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Now, please welcome the host of Vantage Point, Nick Ruffin. Welcome to Week 7 of Masterclass Lessons in Leadership. While this is the final episode of the series, I hope it's helped you retool and refocus your leadership. It's been a joy to share these perspectives of leadership with you, and if you've missed any of the episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen. So far in this series, we've talked about leading with distinction and how to set yourself apart from others around you. We talked about mama mentality leadership, which keeps your focus on progressing and ultimately challenging you to go deeper within yourself and others. We then discussed accountability and how vital it is to your success as a leader. Then we shifted to servant leadership and how we can put other things above service. And last week, we talked about make or break moments and how those defining moments shape our leadership. For the final episode of Masterclass, I want to focus on another piece of leadership that often isn't thought of until later on in your journey. If I'm honest, by the time this is thought out, most leaders have made mistakes, had a few defining moments, and possibly a few bruises and hurt egos along the way. Leaders rarely think about how they will be remembered until it's too late to do something about it. I see leaders more worried about what they can do to drive a result or how they can achieve success. The question we should be asking ourselves as leaders is, what will I leave behind when I'm gone? And let me be clear, gone doesn't mean death. It could also mean leaving a position in the department or even leaving a company. But the question is still valid. What will you leave behind? What will you be remembered for as a leader? And thinking about legacy, a few quotes really outline this episode and hopefully sets the tone going forward. A Greek military commander said, What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone mountains, but what is woven into the lives of others. Author Shannon Adler said it this way, Carve your name on your hearts, not tombstones. A legacy is etched into the minds of others and the stories they share about you. And finally, an entrepreneur, Gary Vaynerchuk, challenges us. Please think about your legacy because you're writing it every day. Legacy is defined as something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. As we look at our leadership, there are some specific things that have to be understood. Understanding these things not only help you shape your legacy, but will also challenge you not to wait to do so. Our legacy is something bigger than who we are today. It's more than what we will do next week. Your legacy is being created whether you realize it or not. As leaders, it's important to know that no matter what, we leave a legacy. Throughout our lives, we've encountered many people, and I want you to think about those people for a moment. A teacher or coach you may have had, or a neighbor or friend, or even a stranger you may have met once. At any point, we share time with these people. And in that time, they had an impact on us. And within those moments, a legacy can be created. And that legacy is usually established on what those people did in our lives. And in the same way, our actions will ultimately establish what people will remember about us. And more specifically, the way those actions impacted people is what will be remembered. We influence people every day by what we do, and all those things eventually add up, and their sum will equal our legacy. Another thing to consider is that while your legacy is left no matter what, it can also go both ways. Simply put, your legacy will either be positive or negative. Remember that every action creates the sum of our legacy. These include defining moments, but more so this will include those other moments that people remember. Moments like your reaction to a request or how you treat people in their critical moments. 
Defining moments are usually monumental things people see, but to the people around us, sometimes saying hello with a smile is their remembrance of you. People can create a legacy based on the negative interactions as well. One of our quotes earlier said to think about our legacy because we write it every day. And our legacy is centered around the treatment of other people. That leader may have had the best performance of always achieving company success, but at what cost? And a perfect good example of this is in Bobby Knight, former basketball coach at the University of Indiana. Now, depending on your knowledge of him, your first thought is either good or bad. You either think of the 899 career wins, three NCAA championships, and five Final Four appearances, or you think about him throwing a chair across the court in the middle of a game, him viciously yelling at players and referees, or him grabbing players on and off the court. Even looking up this information, one website said Bob Knight, who became well-known for losing his cool at times, and then the article went on to list his accomplishments. This is a great example to any leader that your accomplishments, no matter how great, cannot outweigh the treatment of people. There is a way to push people without being mean. There's a way to motivate people beyond yelling. As leaders, we have to tap into those skills to truly create a legacy that is worth remembering. For some of you, this may be a somber point, but it's a real one. Another thing about your legacy is it can only be left once. Now, before you stop listening to this episode and give up completely, I want to encourage you to hold on because there's much, much more to this episode. But the reality is that your legacy and what people remember in that legacy happens once. And I'm not comparing that to a first impression where you only get one, but in your lifetime, everyone will be left with the memories of you. And once you're gone, those memories can't be changed. Those memories are etched into the fabric of those people. And the question is, will you be a stain in their fabric or someone who enhances them? As leaders or people in general, we rarely think about what will be left of us when we're gone. There may come a moment when you realize you may not have as much time as you thought, but I want to let you know that if you're still living and still breathing, your legacy is still being written and it's not too late. And that's the good news I was talking about earlier. Know that if you're listening to this podcast, you feel and you feel like your legacy is heading in the wrong direction. I'm telling you it's not too late. It's not too late for you to shift your leadership into the right side of legacy. It's not too late to change the trajectory of your leadership and leave an intentional mark on the lives of others. And the crazy thing is you don't need defining moments to do it. And sure, those are great and they stick out. But we mentioned this earlier. Simply taking the time to do little things begin to leave an indelible mark on people. Whether that's taking time to tutor children or volunteering your local church or community, these are things that begin to add layers to your legacy. And your legacy won't be, won't be built on major moments alone. It's going to be those minor moments that you that you play a part in that, that are going to really make an impact. And earlier we talked about negative legacy. And if you feel your legacy is, has that traje- trajectory, then declare today that it changes. Now, this might mean you have to hear some hard truths. For instance, don't get offended if someone says something negative about your leadership. Ask them what specifically about your leadership is negative. Take the feedback and begin to rewrite who you are and who they remember. This whole series, we've looked at the life of Jesus and his leadership, the way he stood apart from everyone else, how he led his disciples and how he taught those around him. We can definitely spend all day talking about the legacy of Jesus. His teachings and life are still influential to many people today. Everything about his life screams legacy. And I believe his life and everything he was is the reason I want to end this series with a focus on someone who also left an intentional mark on humanity. Going back to our points, the Apostle Paul could be viewed as someone who had already left his legacy on earth. Known as Saul at the time, he was a persecutor of Christians. 
Acts 9 verse 1 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And actually, if we go back to Acts 7, we see Saul present during the stoning of Stephen after his speech to the Sanhedrin. Three key scriptures shows us who Paul is. The first is found in Acts 7 verse 58, as Stephen's persecutors lay their coats or outer robes at the feet of a young Saul. Another key is found in Acts 8, which reads in the Amplified, as Saul wholeheartedly approved Stephen's death. And the last key is found in the same chapter in verse 3, which reads, But Saul began ravaging the church and assaulting believers, entering house after house, dragging off men and women, and putting them in prison. It's pretty clear who Saul was. People in direct opposition of the Christian movement trusted him. He approved the killing of anyone proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And his life's mission was to disrupt the very fabric of the gospel and destroy anyone who attempted to progress it. My last point earlier focused on legacy still being written, and on the Damascus road, Saul met his chance, and that chance was Jesus. Acts 9.1 reads, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, the Amplified translation adds, and relentless in his search for believers, went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. One thing I want to point out is that Saul was still very much in his mindset. He wasn't getting advice from someone, trying to convince him to change, or it wasn't like he was going back and forth and what he should do with his life. He had his papers, his authority, and his crew, and he was going hunting for Christians with his mind made up. This further highlights the power of Jesus to take someone at their worst and meet them in it. In verse 3, a light from heaven surrounded them, and a voice says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul asks, who are you? The voice says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. From there, Saul is blinded for three days where he is under the care of Ananias. And Ananias is told to take care of Saul by the Lord, but he has concerns because of who Saul is. He says, I have heard about this man and all the harm that he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And in verse 15, the Lord gives him a reply that I could only imagine that had Ananias a little perplexed. The Lord said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to do and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. He chooses the guy who a few minutes ago planned on arresting Christians and now he's your instrument. Saul spends some time in Damascus with the disciples and verse 20 says, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. Then in verse 21, it says, all that all those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those people who call on this name? And didn't he come here to take them as prisoners? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. At this point, you think all is good. Saul has changed his ways and he's walking into a new trajectory for his life and his ministry. Verse 23 says that there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. Verse 26 says... When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he really was a disciple. One more thing I want to note as you shift your trajectory, you might see and feel your change, but others won't be as enthused about it. They may even call it fake. And this isn't the time to quit or get discouraged. As long as you know your trajectory, continue to operate in it. As I close this episode and series, the question still remains for you. What will you leave behind? We know the legacy of Paul. He helps usher in the largest move of the Christian church, goes beyond traditional lines, and bridges gaps among Jews and Gentiles to spread the gospel of Jesus throughout the world. 
Paul authored two-thirds of the New Testament in under 20 years, according to some theologians. Paul preached the gospel of Jesus just as hard as, if not harder, than he persecuted Christians. The Damascus Road encounter afforded Paul the opportunity to make a choice. Continue to live out your life one way or use that same energy in another way. I think that goes back to our question for you. What you leave behind can still be changed. There's still time and there's still hope. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Get connected by following us on Facebook at Vantage Point Podcast. Have a question or want to give feedback? Click the send email button to share your thoughts with Nick. We'll see you next week on Vantage Point.